This year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 36, is billed as too big for just one night. For the first time in history, WrestleMania is two nights. This Saturday, April 4th, and Sunday, April 5th. The shows will be streaming on the WWE Network with pre-shows at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, and the main shows at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Also, for the first time ever, this will be filmed at the Performance Center at Full Sail University in the Orlando, Florida area. Due to everything going on in the world, this will of course be a fanless arena. Today, we're going to start our WrestleMania 36 preview and predictions, diving into d- dividing the card into half. We are not going to reveal any spoilers, and I'm going to do this show based off advertised matches at the time of this recording. 16 matches have been advertised, so we will cover eight today and eight in the next episode. Welcome to Wrestling Stable, where you don't join, you're chosen. Check out the Wrestling Stable podcast on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast provider for news previews, and reviews, visit us at WrestlingStable.com. The first match I want to cover is the Rated R Superstar Edge versus Randy Orton. WrestleMania 27 was the first ever WrestleMania held in Atlanta, Georgia back in 2011. This was a memorable WrestleMania for me as it was the time I vowed that I would never, ever drive out of state for a mania ever again. That full story for another day. At this event, Edge successfully defended his World Heavyweight Championship against his challenger, the winner of the first ever 40-man Royal Rumble, Alberto Del Rio. The next week on Raw, he talks about his spinal fusion surgery and how he was wrestling on borrowed time. He says that the last little while, he had been in pain and had been losing feelings in his arms. After more tests, the MRS eye said that he had to retire. Because he retained the World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania, he was able to retire as champion. Nine years later, at the Royal Rumble 2020, as the timer counted down for the 21st entrant, We heard, you think you know me. And the crowd erupted as they knew that Edge was back. This was his first official wrestling match since his retirement. Edge choking back tears emerged from the smoke and giving his signature pose signaled his pyro. Randy Orton entered at number 25, and we saw a brief reunion of former tag team championship partners, Orton and Edge. Rated RKO. Orton teased an RKO on Edge, but Edge got the upper hand and eliminated Orton. Edge was eliminated by Roman Reigns. On the following night on Raw, Edge came out to speak to the WWE Universe. Randy Orton came out as well and admitted he had some self-destructive tendencies, especially when he was younger. But Edge was the one guy to always pull him out of any hole he dug himself into. He asked, what if 
rated RKO got back together one more time before hitting Edge with an RKO. Then Orton attacked him with a steel chair and even delivered a one-man concerto to Edge, putting him on the shelf again. Over the next few weeks, we saw Orton come out to justify his actions. He attacked Matt Hardy. He told Edge's wife, Beth Phoenix, that if Edge started competing on a regular basis, someone was going to make a name for themselves and put her husband in a wheelchair or possibly worse. Edge says that he wanted Beth to have a husband and for her two daughters, Lyric and Ruby, to have their father. He said he did what he did because he loves Edge. He loves her and he loves their two little girls. Beth kicked Randy, and he dropped her with an RKO. This match was not just, will not just be any match. It'll be a match in which the loser is the man who cannot get to his feet for a 10 count. This match will be a last man standing match. With their history before Edge retired, and everything that has happened since he returned, this is a very personal match, and this stipulation suits them very well. I think that we will have to continue this momentum of Edge's return, and Randy has gotten way too personal to walk out of this one with a victory. I have Edge here for the win. Next, we have Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. We have already covered the Randy Orton match, but this match is really one that came from out of nowhere. All we have seen in recent months is Lashley feuding with Rusev. That feud that saw Liv Morgan return as Lana's lover, Lana divorce Rusev, and marry Bobby Lashley. Alistair Black was on SmackDown begging for an opponent, and since moving to Raw has had some excellent matches with Buddy Murphy. But that didn't help Black in the long run. Just Murphy as he eventually went on to align himself with AOP and Seth Rollins. It just doesn't seem like they had anything else for these guys to do. The outcome come down, comes down to what is next for Black and Lashley. If they want to make Lashley a serious contender for the championship, and if the goal is to have Lashley finally take on Lesnar, then he wins. But I really hope they do the right thing here and allow Black to get the win and get the big name and big event victory on this night. My pick is for Aleister Black to win this match. Next, we have the match for the Raw Tag Team Championships, where the champions, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, the Street Profits, defend against the team of Austin Theory and Angel Garza. The challengers are cornered by Zelina Vega. I mentioned Murphy earlier. When he aligned with the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins, they became the Raw Tag Team Champions by defeating the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. Murphy and Rollins successfully defended the tag team titles against the Street Profits at Super Showdown, but eventually lost the titles on an episode of Raw. Murphy and Rollins failed to reclaim the championship from the Street Profits at Elimination Chamber. Now the challengers for the tag team titles were supposed to be the United States champion Andrade and Angel Garza, but on Raw, Zelina said that Andrade had suffered an injury to his ribs 
and was medically unable to compete. However, she has access to the hottest young talent in WWE, and she added 22-year-old sensation to her group, Austin Theory. Austin Theory, who refers to himself as the real superstar, is a former Evolved champion. Garza is a former NXT Cruiserweight champion. They do not have experience as a tag team, but will have Zelina Vega in their corner to give them additional help. Now, last year's Raw Tag Team Championship match was not taken seriously. But at least we had actual teams, two actual teams, with the Revival defending against Hawkins and Ryder. Raw Tag Team Championship against Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder were defended by the Revival. Now, I saw this as a joke because Hawkins and Ryder had no business at that time challenging for the tag titles at WrestleMania because Kurt Hawkins was on this kind of reverse streak. He lost over 200 consecutive matches. Like, it was a big joke on when he was going to finally get his big win. And Ryder had not appeared on WWE television in 2018 until the final Raw episode of the year. I remember him joking about the fact that he just wanted to go the entire year, and someone must have seen that, and said, oh, we'll book him on Raw. But I'm pretty sure that this is the first time that Theory and Garza have ever entered into a tag team, and their first match together is at WrestleMania. Um, And they've done nothing to earn this honor. So my prediction is that the Street Profits will win. The next match is Elias versus King Corbin. Kayla Braxton was backstage interviewing King Corbin a few weeks ago. When Corbin started to speak, Elias showed up to start playing his guitar. Corbin approached Elias and said that he would not give him 50 cents of change if he was begging on the corner. The next week, Elias joined Michael Cole and Triple H on commentary for King Corbin's match against Jeff Hardy. Elias got on the announce table and started playing the guitar, distracting Corbin and leading to him losing to Jeff Hardy. The next week, the Gronk, Rob Gronkowski came out to SmackDown to talk about being the host of this year's WrestleMania, along with Mojo Rawley and Michael Cole. Well, they're not the host, but they're also in the ring. So Corbin came out to tell Gronk that he should fall in line like everyone else. This brought out Elias to play a song for him and attacked King Corbin before he could attack Gronk and Mojo. Then Gronk said he couldn't make a match but still made a match anyway between Elias and King Corbin for WrestleMania. The following week, Elias was on the elevated interview stand and Corbin attacked him, causing him to fall off the perch and land on the ground below. I love Elias, but Corbin seems to have more support behind him and a bigger spotlight for now. My pick to win is King Corbin. The Miz and Morrison versus the Usos versus the New Day for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships in a ladder match. Miz and Morrison held the WWE Tag Team Championships twice in Morrison's last run 
in the WWE. While Morrison was gone, he had an incredible singles career as he became the Impact World Champion, the Lucha Underground Champion, and much more. Morrison made his WWE return, appearing backstage at a SmackDown in January, and realigned himself with The Miz. This brought back their talk show, The Dirt Sheet. At the Royal Rumble, Morrison participated in the Royal Rumble match. Now, I think we all thought that, you know, we heard the rumblings of Morrison that he was going to come back. And we're like, oh, my gosh, what an amazing pop for him to just come back in the Royal Rumble. So I have no idea why he just randomly showed up um, backstage when he could have just waited, I think, what, two or three weeks to show up at the Royal Rumble. Anyways, he entered the Royal Rumble match as a fifth entrant, but he was eliminated by Brock Lesnar. At Super Showdown, Miz and Morrison won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships from Kofi Kingston and Big E, The New Day. After that, we saw Miz and Morrison impersonate a list of potential contenders, such as The New Day, The Usos, and even Heavy Machinery. One half of Heavy Machinery, Otis, has his sights on Dolph Ziggler, so that takes that team out of the running. Last week on SmackDown, the Usos faced the New Day with Miz and Morrison on commentary along with Michael Cole. The champions attacked the New Day and the Usos to end this match. Michael Cole stood up and said that they would not have to face either the New Day or the Usos at WrestleMania. But instead, both teams in a triple threat ladder match. My pick is for Miz and Morrison to retain their titles. Next, we have the match for the NXT Women's Championship, where the champion, Rhea Ripley, defends against the challenger, Charlotte. Now, for the first time ever, a Royal Rumble winner will use their title opportunity to challenge for an NXT championship on the grandest stage of them all, as the 2020 Women's Royal Rumble match winner, Charlotte Flair, will face NXT champions, NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania 36. Now, Flair has basically done it all, right? I mean, she's won title after title. So this is a really interesting new way uh, to present her and something new for her to do. So Flair won the 2020 Royal Rumble match, but decided to take her time deciding which champion to challenge, despite Rhea Ripley calling out the queen right away, right after the Rumble. But while all past winners have chosen to go after a Raw or a SmackDown championship, the queen could not help but try to make history. Now, in choosing to face Rhea Ripley, Flair is headed back to her past. The Queen was the second superstar to capture the NXT Women's Championship after defeating Natalia in the finals of a 2015 tournament. You know, she held the title for 258 days. And I believe it was just kind of when Paige Winnett came up to the main roster, I believe that's when she had to forfeit the NXT Championship. So that's why they had that tournament. Now, after leaving NXT, Charlotte went on to become the most decorated female superstar in WWE history. Like it or not, I believe she's like a 10-time 
women's champion uh, in total. But to add to the second, re- uh, second reign to her resume, after doing NXT, winning championships on Raw, SmackDown, first ever matches, and, and making all kinds of history on the main roster, she's going to have to go against a nightmare, Rhea Ripley who has been dominant since bursting onto the scene in WWE. Now, she's Australian, and she's tough, and she's gone through all of the competition. I mean, she made her way to the Final Four of the 2018 May Young Classic and became the first ever NXT UK Women's Champion. Now, recently, the Nightmare Rhea Ripley has been undeniable. So she had it. She helped lead the NXT TakeOver of Raw and SmackDown ahead of Survivor Series and even pinned Charlotte Flair in a triple threat match. Then she led her team to victory in the first ever women's war games match before captaining Team NXT to victory in the Survivor Series women's elimination match by beating Sasha Banks and pinning her to the canvas with a riptide to get the victory. Now, the biggest thing for Rhea Ripley to do is probably on the latest edition of NXT in 2019 when she captured the NXT Women's Championship by defeating someone we're going to talk about also, the unbeatable, unstoppable Shayna Baszler and ended the Submission Magician's 416-day reign as champion. So Flair continued to tease Ripley and the NXT Universe Um, Showing up on NXT for a few weeks, even getting beat down by Ripley and Bianca Belair on NXT. So before Ripley could turn her full attention to Blair, she had to get through her title offense against the EST of NXT at TakeOver Portland. So remember, this is when basically back-to-back TakeOver pay-per-views, and they had to build to both of them at the same time. So Ripley was, was successful, but right after that was ambushed by Charlotte who said she had finally made up her mind and would meet Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. The queen then dropped Ripley with natural selection and slammed Belair into the steel ring steps for good measure. Now we weren't sure if this was eventually going to turn into uh, a triple threat match. And that's why they are involving Bianca Belair, which would have been a really cool moment also and given her an opportunity. Um, But They're keeping this as a one-on-one match where the nightmare Rhea Ripley, uh, Mrs. Brutality, will defend her NXT championship at WrestleMania against the queen, Charlotte Flair. Now, I truly hope that Ripley is able to hold off the queen here. It would make NXT continue to look strong and continue with all the other big moves, all the other history-making performances by Ripley and NXT over the past few months and would continue to make NXT look like a strong third brand if that's what they're truly aiming to do. And Rhea could use a big win here at Mania over someone like Charlotte. So my pick is for Rhea Ripley to retain the NXT Women's Championship. Next, we have Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is the leader of a faction, including Murphy and the Authors of Pain. I don't think they actually have an official name yet. 
but he is also the Monday Night Messiah. He claims that his group was not formed to preach a message of divisiveness. Instead, a message of oneness. But he says that his patience is growing thin when it comes to K.O. and his friends. Owens was sent to the hospital twice at the hands of Seth and company. But he keeps calling them out and knows that one of these times, he is going to take one of them down with him. Kevin Owens accepted Seth Rollins' challenge for a match as long as it was at WrestleMania, since K.O. has had so many memories there at the Performance Center. He basically said it was a no-brainer once that decision was made to move it from Tampa to the PC. And he says that wrestling at the Performance Center gives him the home field advantage. But Rollins, in one of his best promos ever, says that he never trained at the PC because it didn't exist when he got to WWE. He says it was his sacrifice that allowed WWE to build the performance center in the first place. Seth talks and says that NXT, the performance center, Gargano, Champa, Undisputed Era, TakeOver, and even the women's evolution has happened thanks to him. Now Rollins has one heck of a resume and a track record when it comes to WrestleMania. He won the Intercontinental Championship, the Universal Championship, has beaten Brock Lesnar, beaten Triple H, and even cashed in his Money in the Bank contract. He has had all of these memories, not at the Performance Center, but at WrestleMania. And KO has zero. He reminds him that last year, Kevin Owens wasn't even on the show. And Rollins says that Owens could not beat him on his worst day. And WrestleMania is never his worst day. Because under pressure, he becomes a god. So Rollins has a lot going for him. And he's doing big things with his faction with Murphy and the Authors of Pain. And I think that this momentum continues here. So my pick to win this match is the Monday Night Messiah, Seth Rollins. Next, we have Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. Now, anyone who is familiar with Shayna Baszler and her dominant run in NXT, which we talked about only ended at the hands of Rhea Ripley, besides the brief one that I guess they don't want to talk about, was aware that the queen of spades has a mean streak. She's tough. But no one was ready for what happened when she hit the scene on Raw. Not only did the submission magician mercilessly attack Raw women's champion Becky Lynch from behind, but she sank her teeth into the back of Lynch's neck, coming up with a mouth full of blood in full vampire mode. Now, that's not PG. I don't know how that was allowed, but um, Shayna proved that she's crazy and she's going to do whatever it takes to win. Now, seemingly fired up by Shayna's savage attack, the man, Becky Lynch, began clamoring for Baszler to win the Elimination Chamber match to set up a WrestleMania showdown between the two. And Becky soon got her wish. Now, talk about foregone conclusions. All, all of the hype, all the attention 
between Baszler being the one to challenge Becky Lynch for the, you know, women's championship, you would think that you wouldn't even have the match in the first place or you'd save all that stuff for after, or, you know, you maybe open up with it since you know that was going to happen. But this match, it went on last and it was probably the one that we felt the most confident about the victor going into it. But she still did her thing, Shayna, and she made history, destroyed everyone else in the chamber, looked super, super strong, and eliminated all five of her opponents to claim the victory and officially claim her spot at WrestleMania. Now, Lynch has remained Raw Women's Champion ever since defeating Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey in the main event, the closing match of last year's WrestleMania, WrestleMania 35. So obviously that match was for her to become champ champ. She's not the SmackDown Women's Champion anymore, but she's held on to the Raw Women's Championship. And over the past year, you know, she's had some challengers. Um, she's defended against Lacey Evans, Natalia, Asuka. Now this is going to be the first one-on-one meeting between the man, Becky Lynch, and the Queen of Spades, the submission magician, Shayna Baszler. But they've collided in multi-person matches. So they've got against each other in the Survivor Series main event, a champion versus champion versus champion match that also had Bailey in it. And Baszler emerged victorious. But Lynch got the last laugh when she drove Shayna through an announce table, table after the bout. Now, Lynch has been champion for a year, and Baszler has had an unstoppable, have been an unstoppable force since coming up to the main roster. And I think that Shayna finishes the job here. Um, we can have a switch in champion, and Baszler truly deserves it. She's been built up right, and you know this is the time for her to win the women's championship. So my pick here is for Shayna Baszler to win the Raw Women's Championship. Next, we have the Beast, Brock Lesnar, defending against the challenger, Drew McIntyre. Now, it's been more than a decade But Drew McIntyre is finally on the verge of becoming this whole chosen one that Miss McMahon was talking about back in his first run. The former 3MB member is now just one victory away from completing one of the longest and rockiest roads to WrestleMania glory in WWE history, as he has a chance to finish his journey by seizing the WWE Championship against Brock Lesnar. So Drew McIntyre was the inaugural Insane Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion back in 2006. When he left the WWE and returned to the United Kingdom, he became the ICW World Heavyweight Champion again. Drew defeated Joseph Connors and Joe Hendry in a three-way cage match to become the What Culture Pro Wrestling Champion. Drew also won a Feast or Fired match to earn a future TNA World Heavyweight Championship match. He cashed this in on reigning champion Matt Hardy to become TNA World 
champion. Drew returned after all of this success outside of WWE, getting in full monster mode, looking stronger and better than ever. And he returned to the WWE in 2017 as a part of the NXT brand where he won the NXT championship. And I'm pretty sure when he lost, I think that was like the first time he actually lost on NXT. So look strong, look dominant, did what he had to do in NXT upon his return. Now, when McIntyre was called up and returned to the main roster, he was put in a tag team with Dolph Ziggler. And we weren't really sure what was going to happen here. Now, we, see, we felt like, hey, you know, he was NXT champion. He's going to do big things. He's going to immediately go into singles competition. Like, he was a single wrestler before. He won the Intercontinental Championship when he was the chosen one. He's obviously done big things as a singles wrestler all around the world. So it didn't make a lot of sense to team with Ziggler, but it kind of seemed like they're doing the whole replay of, you know, Shawn Michaels, who Ziggler, you know, kind of tries to be, and uh, Diesel, his bodyguard, uh, played by Drew McIntyre here. So I guess we figured, hey, if nothing else, that split hopefully leads to good singles, uh, a good singles run. But as a team, they did defeat the B team, the most dominant tag team ever of uh, the B team to become the tag team champions. So they had a tag team. They feuded, broke up. Um, there, was a, there was a faction also with uh, Ron Strowman, um, Dogs of War or something like that. Uh, anyways, not the best of times at that, at that stretch. But Drew McIntyre got back on track, started looking strong, good guy, beloved. We're all behind him. Now, he won the 2020 Royal Rumble by eliminating, I think, six men, including WWE champion Brock Lesnar. Now, Lesnar was in this match because Heyman was talking about how he had nothing else to do. Lesnar didn't want to just defend the championship against one man. He wanted to defend the championship. Well, not defend it, but fight all of the participants of the Royal Rumble instead of just having a one-on-one match. Um, so he went in there. He dominated the whole first half of this match um, until Drew McIntyre got in there. And with that Claymore kick, launched Lesnar over the top rope, eliminating him. And he was the last man remaining. It was just him and Roman Reigns to earn a championship opportunity at WrestleMania 36. We've seen this a couple of times before. Now, when it came down to the last two, McIntyre was able to eliminate Roman Reigns and win the 2020 Royal Rumble, earning a shot at the champion of his choosing at WrestleMania. So the following night on Raw, McIntyre announced that he chose to challenge Lesnar for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 36. The Beast Incarnate landed the first big blow on the road to WrestleMania, though, as he attacked McIntyre and brutalized his new challenger after the Royal Rumble winner defeated Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson in a handicap match. We want to talk about that fall from glory. But Lesnar won the title by defeating Kofi Kingston, who had the championship, as Miz reminded us, for six months to just lose in eight seconds 
um, on the debut episode, the premiere of SmackDown on Fox. And in this match, Lesnar racked up, I believe, 13 eliminations, which would be, you know, I think setting a record or at least tying the record for most eliminations with like Kane, uh, Reigns. I know they're up there with, with eliminations. Now he completely conquered the first half of the match before being eliminated by McIntyre. Great way to, to add to this, to set this feud up in the first place. So McIntyre has shown over the past few weeks just how quick he can fire off that Claymore kick. And when he does, it lays out Brock Lesnar every single time. Now, I think this is Drew's moment. This is Drew's time. And at WrestleMania, I think that Drew McIntyre slays the beast and becomes the new reigning, defending, undisputed, WWE heavyweight champion of the world. I hope you enjoyed this episode. In our next one, we're going to cover the rest of the WrestleMania 36 card. You can check out the Wrestling Stable podcast for that episode and to catch up on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcast provider. For news, previews, and reviews, visit us at WrestlingStable.com, where you don't join... You're chosen.